revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Good morning. Welcome to Medicine on Call. Today we have a really important show, and I am blessed to have a very special guest on with me, Mr. Trevor Loudon. He's an author, a filmmaker, a public speaker. He's originally from New Zealand, but has lived here, um, I think, for over the past 30 years, if I'm right, um, uh, Trevor. And no, just the last four years. Last four, okay. But you've been fighting the good fight for over 30 years. And yeah, yes. he's, a, he's written a book called The Enemy Within, which I was... I found out about his work when I was at a conference, and the things that I learned I made me go immediately to the internet and to do my own due diligence, and I was honestly shocked about what I heard. You know, we're living in a time, I think we're in a transitional point in many ways in our country and in the world, and we're seeing a growth of socialism. And I think, and I want to ask you this question in a second, but all of these other ways of expressing socialism are coming out progressives, you've got the Antifa group, you've got a lot of things that are democratic socialists, all these, these, uh, these monikers. But I'm curious to know, are they the same thing? And, and let's start off. Gil, tell us a little bit about yourself first, how you got into, into this, this, this world where you're, you're teaching people what's going on. Look, look, I... <clears throat> I started um, investigating the left radicals. Oh, excuse me. I started in this field back in New Zealand because um, we had a very strong left-wing government back in the 80s, and they actually got to the point where they could ban American warships from our harbours, which destroyed our military alliance with the United States. So um, that was done on the orders of Moscow. And um, I did a lot of research. I started researching America because I knew that um, America was the main enemy of the left, of the communists. They, they needed to take America down if they wanted a, to, to set up a world socialist state. Um, and while I was doing that research back in 2007, I discovered the ties between Barack Obama and the Hawaiian communist Frank Marshall Davis. And we publicized that. I also exposed Obama's communist green job czar, Van Jones, and Glenn Beck used my information, as he used a lot of my information on his chalkboards to um, get uh, Van Jones kicked out of the White House. Um, since that time, I've done in-depth research um, on your congressmen and senators, and I say pro approximately... A hundred of your U.S. congressmen and about 20 of your U.S. senators are so enmeshed in Marxist groups or with hostile foreign powers or with Muslim Brotherhood terrorist front groups that they couldn't pass a security clearance to drive a school bus. But fortunately for them, there are no security clearances in Congress, so they get away with it. So that's why my books are all about the enemies within, because um, your enemies knew they could never take you down from the outside. So they put a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money into infiltrating you inside, and that work is now coming to fruition. You know, is the politics of division, which we've seen on steroids over the past eight years, this identity politics, is that one of the, the weapons or one of the tools that are being used to, to manipulate us? Well, it's probably the main tool right now. The, the communists actually have a, a phrase. They, they say the nationalities question, the national question. It is the use of racial and ethnic minorities to divide and conquer a country. And they are doing that on steroids. The Black Lives Matter movement is completely controlled by the pro-Chinese uh, Freedom Road Socialist Organization. The La Raza movement, um, the, 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 the movement to separate the southern states and return them to Mexico is completely driven by, um, by the communist movement. And even the American Indian movement, Louise, we saw the Dakota Access Pipeline uh, standoff last year. 
Now, that was organized by a woman called Judith LeBlanc. She was a trainer of all those American, Native American activists out there. She's a leading member of the Communist Party USA. So, yeah, the racial division in the country is to be completely and deliberately driven by the American Marxist movement, 100%. And, and for those who really, to, to, to kind of drill down on what it really means, we talk in, in broad brush terms about capitalism, socialism, communism. What exactly is socialism for those who really need a primer on it? <laughs> well, you've got Bernie Sanders, who is a communist, who is a hardcore communist, talking about democratic socialism. Mm -hmm. He wants to make America like France or Germany or Sweden. Bernie Sanders has worked with the communist movement his entire life and still does. His whole movement was run by a Marxist group deceptively called Democratic Socialists of America. They still run his movement today. And they want to abolish all business, private business. They want to abolish the prisons. They want to abolish the police. They want to abolish all border enforcement. They want to abolish just about everything that is pro-American. They want to completely socialize your health care so you are dependent for your health care on the government. Socialism is basically about destroying everything that is good about America. It's about bringing everything, all business, under complete government control, all education and health care under complete centralized government control, abolishing borders, abolishing all your means of protecting yourself against the bad guys of society, and basically turning America into a little province of, of a United Nations global superstate. Socialism is nothing to do with sharing the wealth. It's nothing to do with giving the little guy a break. It's all about completely centralizing power and, and all power and wealth in a very few hands so they can tell you how to run your life from cradle to grave. I think that sums it up. I think that summed it up really well. And the way they're doing it, they're, they're using emotion in order to try to push this agenda. I mean, it's like the same yeah. playbook. You, it's always about a child. It's always about the worst case, you know, the, what looks bad to yeah. gin up an emotion. And they don't believe that. Yeah, look, the, look, the thing people have to understand is the, 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 the issue is never the issue. The issue is always the revolution. The socialists don't care about kids being separated on the border. Obama was doing that for years. They never raised a peep. They don't care about Black Lives Matter. All the Democrat left-wing city-controlled cities are where the black population is suffering the most. They don't care about the, the Native Americans. They don't care about the gays. They don't care about the environment. They don't, they don't care about any of these things. All they are using these issues for is to drive discontent, to divide the nation, and set it up for civil war and revolution. And this is the thing to remember. You can't argue with them on, a, you know, on the merits of these cases because they don't believe in them themselves. All they're using is talking points to drive the revolution. Mm -hmm. And they're doing pretty well right now. They're causing, I think America is probably more racially and politically divided right now than it has been since the Civil War. And that is completely deliberate, and it's all Marxist-driven. I, I mean, would you say also that the Me Too movement, I mean, I just the, the movement, not the actual cases, is also a yeah. way to divide the sexes. I mean, I would think, you know, at this point, men are afraid to even look at anybody <laughs> of the opposite sex because they might be called something. Yeah, look, my parents met at work, you know. They, they started dating at work. Well, you'd probably be pretty scared to even ask a co-worker out on a date these days, you know. <laughs> um, it, it is. It, 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 it's division, division, division. You know, you look at the Roy Moore scandal over in Alabama. You know, there was complaints made about Roy Moore's behavior as a young man. As soon as the other guy got elected, they all went away. They didn't care about justice for these women. That wasn't the issue. The issue was destroying Roy Moore and electing a left-wing Democrat to the Senate in Alabama. 
you know, they just use these things. The whole Me Too movement is basically uh, directed ultimately at President Trump. But it's also being used to in the churches. They just got rid of Paige Patterson out of the Southern Baptists, one of the most conservative people in there, on, on a Me Too type accusation, mm-hmm. and replaced him with a leftist. You know, the the, the 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 churches in this country are going way, way to the left, and the conservatives are being purged, and, and Me Too is being used to achieve that. This sounds like a very, it's well thought out, it's planned, it is coordinated, and there seems to be many fronts on it. I mean, you look at what you just mentioned, and then you look at the anti-fascist group, the Antifa group, which is seems yeah. like the, the, I don't know, the physical arm of it, you know, to physically intimidate yeah. people. Is, is Are they working with the Democratic Socialists of America? Are they, I mean, they both have the same end, I would think, which is to upend what we have. But are they working yeah. together? Is it coordinated? Well, look, absolutely. They overlap tremendously. Um, I, did an, I did a documentary last year. You can get it free online. It's called America Under Siege Antifa. America Under Siege Antifa. It's 36 minutes long, and it traces the communist history of Antifa right back to the Nazi German era, where they were used to by the Communist Party of Germany to battle Hitler's brown shirts, and uh, now it's being used by the Democratic Party as their military wing. You've got whole areas like in Orlando, for instance. The whole Antifa there is basically the branch of Democratic Socialists of America, and their leader, one of their leaders, is the local Democratic Party field field organizer. Um, you find the same out in um, Oakland and Berkeley, where the Democrats use Antifa as a, as a as a means of shutting down opposition, shutting down Republicans, and shutting down conservatives. And you'll find most Antifa violence, almost all of it, occurs in cities that are controlled by the Democratic Party and where the police are under the control of the Democratic City Council and are basically told to stand down while Antifa does its dirty work. I've seen that. I mean, and not only that, but the Black Lives Matter protest in Baltimore, for example, it certainly seemed Mm. that the police were outside of the community, allowing it to completely implode. And the stories that I heard were they were busing people in to become the protesters. It wasn't the people who actually live there, which is really tragic. When oh, you think look, about look this. In, in, yeah, in Ferguson, when they had the riots in Ferguson, the left moved 10,000 people from out of state into Ferguson to keep those riots going. That whole thing was orchestrated by an organization called um, the Organization of Black Struggle, which is a front for the Freedom Road Socialist Organization, the pro-Chinese Maoist group that runs Black Lives Matter. So these things, you cannot tell me there's no communism in America right today. Black Lives Matter is a perfect example of it, and it's only one of many. On that note, let's take a break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're having a a very sobering conversation with Mr. Trevor Loudon. He's the author, filmmaker, and also a public speaker. And he's written many, many books, and he's on the Internet. And I really highly suggest you you go to his website, trevorloudon.com, and learn about what he's talking about. We're talking about facts, and that's what we don't seem to get on the mainstream media. It's all about emotion, half-truths. This is about people being able to be educated so they can make an informed choice instead of someone telling you what you should think or if you look a certain way, you should feel and act a certain way. I reject that. And this is all about knowledge so you can have the, take your power back. Now, Trevor, before the break, you were talking about how the socialist you know, infrastructure has pervaded our our. our our governance, our system, our Congress. I have a question about the Congress folks. Are they ideologically, like, are they socialists, or is it just because someone's giving them money, they'll just do what the highest bidder tells them to do? Yeah, well, there's a bit of both. Now, you've got ideological socialists in your Congress. Like in Georgia, you have Hank Johnson and John Lewis. 
who have worked with the communist movement their entire political careers. You've got the gubernatorial candidate, Stacey Abrams, who's also a Marxist. But you have, um, you know, like like in, in Connecticut, you've got Rosa DeLaro, who basically is one of the very top Democrats. Her job is to allocate um, members of Congress into congressional committees. And she has got about a 20-year history with the Connecticut Communist Party. She goes to their meetings. She promotes them. She works with them. Um, Senator Chris Murphy, also from Connecticut, um, works closely with the Connecticut Communist Party and actually has a, um, a Communist Party member on his staff even while he criticizes President Trump over connections to Russia and goes on about national security. So I would say most of them are ideological. They also rely on labor union money, for instance, and most of the labor unions are now communist controlled in America. So it's a bit of both. You know, you want to get elected, you have to make deals with the left. But the left controls the Democratic Party in various regions all over the country, so they're pretty much able to choose who gets selected. So they pick a young radical, they put a suit and tie on them, um, they give them labour union support, lots of money, and they get them elected as a, as a progressive Democrat. Well, they're not progressive Democrats, they are Marxists. They're pro-Chinese, pro-Cuban, uh, pro-Iran, anti-American Marxists. And there's probably at least 100 of them in your Congress and 20 of them in the U.S. Senate. You know, the hypocrisy is astounding. I mean, as there was mm. complete outrage about the the summit with uh, Russia and U.S., you know, a couple of days ago, there's apparently a delegation of Democrats going to Cuba within a few days. I mean, it's just... Do they know there's been more than a hundred there's been more than a hundred <laughs> Democrats in Cuba in the last ten years at least there's been um, several in China um, yeah the, the whole congressional black caucus was set up by the Cubans and that's now about 40 members in your house and they are the ones who got President Obama who was very glad to go along to ease trade and travel restrictions on Cuba so they can more easily send spies and terrorists and drugs into your country. Um, yeah, look, look, this whole Russian narrative thing, that the Democrats have been in bed with the Russians, and the, the, first the Soviets, then the Russians, for nearly 60 years now. Several elections have been won by the Democrats with Russian help. So the hypocrisy here is just mind, mind-numbing. I'll say they, they are, this is, but this is Lenin. This is Alinsky. Accuse, of the, accuse your opposition of what you are doing yourself. Well, you know, let's switch gears for a second and talk about how this is being cultivated. That's at the at the the congressional level or the government level, governance level. What about our education system? I mean, you see these folks in <laughs> Berkeley and, you know, these universities, and they are just, I, again, for me, watching a black student, for example, sitting in an Ivy League university talking about how oppressed they are seems to be disingenuous. You know, I went to Princeton. I'm not feeling oppressed. I have opportunities and had opportunities that I've taken advantage of. But how could you sit there after being 1% and still say that you've made no progress? Yeah, and that's exactly right. It doesn't matter what you give people. If you're pumping them up with Marxism all the time, they're still going to feel aggrieved. So the education system, see, the, the teachers' training colleges were taken over in the 40s. Most of the universities were taken over in the 50s and 60s. The journalism colleges were taken over in the 50s under people like Curtis McDougall, uh, the journalism teacher who, invest, who invented advocacy journalism, the, the idea that you don't report the news, you make the news. So you've got a whole infrastructure now of universities which are completely controlled by the left and are filling the kids that with information like America is, is a rich uh, state that ripped off the third world. America was founded by rich white slave owners. America is a disgrace and a danger to the world. That's how these kids are thinking. Mm -hmm. Now, I had, a, I had a great conversation 
two years ago at the at the uh, People's Summit in Chicago. There was 3,000 communists gathered to support Bernie Sanders. And I, I went there and talked to a whole bunch of people. And one of them was a man called Carl Davidson. Now, he was an old member of the SDS and the League of Revolutionary Struggle, and now he's a member of Democratic Socialists of America. And I said to him, Carl, look, you were there in 68. You were there when the, the big riots and the revolutionary activity was happening. You know, communists thought they were going to take over back then, but it all died away. Do you ever see that happening again? And he said, oh, absolutely, it's just around the corner, and this time it's going to be way bigger than 68. And I said, well, why, why is that, Carl? He said, well, back in 68, it was just us crazy, radical kids. America was patriotic. America was conservative. Americans believed in America. We've had 40 years to teach the kids about Marxism in the universities. That's what he said to me. The next 68 is just around the corner, and it's going to be way bigger. And, and he's right, because the, the, the American kids have been brainwashed with socialism. They think it's all the freedom and prosperity we have now, plus a bunch of free stuff. They have no idea what they're getting themselves into. Agreed. I mean, we're now seeing Chicago with this uh, basic income. I think they have a city in California yeah, that yeah. are doing that. Is that one of their freebies and give me's to try to the candy to that people take absolutely all of these entitlement programs are driven by the left you know the great society of, of lyndon johnson um that that gave so much welfare away and basically destroyed the black communities of america was driven by a marxist socialist called michael harrington um, who was the founder of Democratic Socialists of America, which is now just trying to destroy cities all over. So the Chicago experiment, yeah, absolutely. Universal basic, basic income, Medicare for all, uh, $15 an hour minimum wage. All of these things are communist programs. All of them are driven by the local communist and socialist organizations who have influence or control of these city councils. You know Chicago is completely controlled by the left. Um, you know, many cities around America are, and that's where these ordinances come from. Well, the sad part, the, at the beginning of the show, you said that what these things do is basically destroy the working class and, and the middle class. Yeah. And there's an example yeah, of yeah. $15 minimum wage in California where the the restaurant industry, the, the, the people who worked as waiters and waitresses, decimated they don't have jobs anymore, and people actually have to bust their own tables And because the people who own the restaurants can't afford to hire anybody to work the tables. Yeah. So, I mean, this the, is the, not... Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Look, look, this is not about helping the worker. This is about making the worker a non-worker. So he's on government welfare, which drags the government down, increases the tax burden on the middle class, and destroys the middle class. This is all about making things so expensive for labor that your sons and daughters don't get jobs, they're unemployed, they're bitter and twisted, they hate the system, and are fodder for the revolution. The worse things get, the better they are for the communists. That's a very important point. Uh, I'm, you know... You're looking at Venezuela. That's your future, basically, if we continue yeah. to let this happen. And well, Venezuela is never really on TV. They don't talk about it very much. But if you really go in and look at it, look at what's going on, that was a prosperous society. They had oil money. That was the place you wanted to go in South America to visit. And now people are leaving in droves and people are Well, if they're leaving, starving. if they can. If but, they can, but the it's Cubans, true. The Cubans are in there running everything. They're basically intimidating people, murdering people. The people are starving. And 10 years ago, it was the richest country in Latin America. And that is the model for America. That is the ideal situation as far as the American communists are concerned. Ma'am, this is not a society that anybody should want to move towards. And it's, we need to think about well, the bigger well, picture. Well, they, you know, in Venezuela, even three or four years ago, the people there were saying, well, this is going to pass. 
we'll get through this, no problem. You know, even three or four years ago, they were thinking this was a temporary thing. Mm -hmm. Now they are in desperate straits. They are starving. The Cubans are in there killing people, intimidating people, running the government. And, And if Americans think it won't happen here, they were about... They were on the verge of going down that path during the last election. Had Hillary Clinton won, she had a plan that was going to take this country beyond saving forever. And, I'm, and it's very, very simple. It all involved just a little bit of mathematics. Hold that thought, Trevor, because I want you to go over that when we come back. Let's take a small break. Yep. You're listening to Medicine on Call. health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, You can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $170 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Mr. Trevor Loudon, author of Enemies Within. And before the break, and I mean, I want everybody to divorce their political, you know, emotional hat. You just let it go for a minute. And let's listen to what you have to say about the election, because it was really an election of direction, which direction the country was going to go in. Forget about all the gender this and this. It's totally irrelevant. We're talking about politics now only and direction of the country. How do you think if we if Hillary Clinton had won, we would have been moved toward way towards a socialist society? Okay, well, I want to I want to clarify a couple of things. Mm-hmm. You know, once upon you know twenty years ago, you had conservative Democrats and liberal Republicans. You, yeah, there wasn't a lot of difference between the Democrat Party and the um, and the Republican Party in many areas. What happened in nineteen ninety five? Democratic Socialists of America, the hard left, took over the AFL-CIO under John Sweeney. And they did something very important. They switched the AFL-CIO's policy from opposition to illegal immigration to support for illegal immigration. A hundred percent reversal, which was cemented at their national convention in Los Angeles in 2000. And the man who did that was a man called Alisao Medina, a Marxist, a leader of the SEIU union, and the advisor to Barack Obama on all issues of immigration. Now, this is what I want to make the point here. 20 years, 30 years ago, the unions in this country were most militantly opposed to illegal immigration because they saw it taking jobs from American workers, breaking strikes and lowering wages and conditions. Now the unions are completely pro-amnesty for illegals. 100% reversal because they were taken over by the Marxists in 1995. Now the implications are this. Hillary Clinton promised within 100 days of taking office she was going to amnesty every single illegal immigrant in the country, give them citizenship and voting rights. That was her firm commitment. Now, do a little bit of math here. Mitt Romney, the Republican, lost his presidential election in 2012 by about 2.5 million votes. Donald Trump, the Republican, won his presidential election in 2016 
by about 180,000 votes and actually lost the popular vote by about 2 million. It was only because of the Electoral College uh, that tempers the popular vote that he won. Now, here's the math. There are at least 12 million illegal immigrants in the country today. There could be as many as 40 million. We don't know. But what we do know is that when they get citizenship and voting rights, or even sometimes when they don't, because illegal voting is huge, they vote at least 80 to 85% for the Democratic Party. That would, what Hillary Clinton was promoting would have given the Democrats anywhere between 10 and 24, 26, 28 million new votes. There never would have been ever again another Republican president. You would have a complete Democrat monopoly control in the country. And as I have said, the Democrats are now controlled by Marxists. The push for illegal immigration amnesty is all about instituting a Marxist one-party state in America, nothing else. That is why the Democrats are so willing to keep the borders open. They hate border enforcement, and they will never give President Trump his border wall because that is their supply of voters. That is the people that keeps them in power. The more extreme the Democrats get, and they're getting more extreme every day, they are losing their middle-class traditional base. Their only chance of getting power in the country again is to flood the country with new Democrats from over the border. And that's exactly what they've been doing. That's a complete Marxist program and has been driven by the Marxists and the unions and now by the Democratic Party. And the, the people who are coming over, they're coming from societies that the socialism or where the government controls yeah, everything, yeah. that's how they live. It's not new to them. That's, that's, that's what they want, right? Well, they, well, a lot of them are coming here because they hate the socialism down there. Some of them are coming here because they just want freebies. Some of them are come here because they want a better life to make money. Mm. But doesn't matter why they come here. The fact is once they're here... They will be captured by the Democratic Party and vote for the Democrats in huge numbers. And I, look, if people don't believe this. Check out my movie, Enemies Within, The Enemies Within. It was released in 2016. Just go to enemieswithinmovie.com. I have got Alice Medina saying this at a progressive conference. He says something like this. He says, and he says in 2008... He said the, the biggest priority of the progressive movement is amnesty and citizenship and voting rights for our 11 million undocumented workers. Well, he says 11. We know it's way more than that. He said, and he didn't talk about compassion or reuniting families or anything like that. All he said was this. In 2008, um, Latinos voted overwhelmingly for Obama and progressive candidates. If we get these people citizenship and voting rights, they will stand with our movement. That will give us at least 8 million more Democratic Party voters. That will give us a governing majority, not just for the next few election cycles, for the foreseeable future, basically forever. <laughs> You've got to understand, California was flipped this way. California used to be a reddish purplish state. Now it's solidly Democrat, all on the basis of illegal immigration and, and, and the communists doing massive voter registration drives amongst the Latinos. They're doing that now in Georgia. They're doing it in Florida. They're doing it in North Carolina. They're doing it in Arizona. And they're doing it in Texas. Those five southern states are being targeted by the left to flip them by using your Latino and black populations um, to basically get out the Democratic Party vote. And they only have to flip Arizona or Georgia or North Carolina or Florida, all of which are very marginal right now, and they will never be beaten. And if they can flip Texas, which they're planning to do in the next three or four election cycles, they will absolutely never be beaten again. They will control this country forever from that point. I think it's time that people actually look at California and see the, the, the devastation that's been wrought on that state. I mean, 
Yeah. What is it? Uh, San Francisco's inhabitable, essentially. You've got feces San, San on the street. San Francisco's a mess. It's totally a mess. Yeah. And you have the haves yeah. and the have-nots. There is no middle anymore over there. Do people really want yep. that? I mean... Well, that's the, that's the plan. A very few wealthy in the gated communities and everybody else lives like peasants. Mm-hmm. That's socialism, people. That's what it's heading for. California is about a third of the way there. If they can take out Georgia and um, Texas and Florida and North Carolina and Arizona, which they're working hard to do right now, they will to- take the whole country, not a third of the way there, all of the way there. I challenge people also to think about what what if. I mean, we're seeing this play out in Hollywood, for example. It's complete, you know, progressive leftist type of culture. And there's an actress who had to give up a role because she went afoul of, you know, identity politics. So there's no freedom of thought. There's no freedom of speech. There's no freedom of action. You can't go to a restaurant. Someone's going to come after you and try to drive you out. This is not where you have freedom to be yourself. You have to be under the yoke of what they deem to be acceptable. That's really, that's a reality of what it really means to live like that. Well, yeah, you know, if you think about political correctness, which is just cultural Marxism, there's a whole bunch of things you cannot say now. There's there's people you cannot criticize. There are things you just cannot do. And that is driving Americans underground. Like in Hollywood, they actually had for a while a group called Friends of Abe, which was an underground conservative organization where people met in secret to discuss conservative values. Because if they knew you're a conservative in Hollywood, no matter what you did, if it's production or sound recording or whatever you did, or an actress or an actor, you lose your job. The left completely controls Hollywood. So they had an underground conservative organization there. But that dissolved because the left outed some of its members. They lost their jobs and everybody else gave up. So, so if you don't think there's Marxism in America, just think about what political correctness is and how it shapes your thinking and your actions. Because that, that is pure applied cultural Marxism. And it's all through your universities, it's all through your media, and it's all through your government. And when you really think about it, you know, take a step back, it's completely unhinged. It's not rational. It's, it's coercive. It's bullying. It's what they say everybody else is doing, but they're actually doing the bullying. And, <laughs> you know, I think they take people's niceness and, you know, being neighborly or being non-confrontational is weakness. That's what it seems to me. Yeah. Well, you know, look, the people who preach tolerance are the most intolerant people in the country. They, um, see, in America, this is the thing about Americans. You don't have to tell Cubans who live here or Eastern Europeans who live here that this country is going to socialism. They know it. Mm-hmm. They're tearing their hair out, wondering why Americans are so meekly accepting this tyranny. They understand it. They've seen it. But see, Americans have lived for years in the richest, most benevolent, um, most prosperous country the world has ever known. Americans believe that everybody else thinks like they do, that everybody else is as nice as they are, that everybody else is as friendly as they are. This makes Americans too trusting and too naive and too darn complacent. And the left plays on that. The left will exploit that, just like criminals will exploit trusting naive people. The left does the same. Hmm. Wow. Let's switch gears again, because I'm curious about this other alliance, and that's the the CARE, the Islamic uh, groups that are trying to, or involved with the refugee resettlement. And again, it comes down to everybody being the worst person in the world because they want to vet people. Why would you want someone in your house and you don't know who they are? It has nothing to do with race, sex, anything. It's just what kind of person, you know, irregards to anything else, is coming in? What's wrong with asking that question? Well, virtually every country in the world accepts that they have a right to, to vet who comes into their country 
and that that person will fit in and adopt, adopt to the local values. America has no such right, according to the left, and, and CARE is very much part of the left. CARE, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, uh, was founded by a guy who used to be a major communist. Um, he's connected to the Palestine Liberation Organization and Hamas, you know, the terrorist organization, and their job is to soften Americans up to accept the mass Islamization of their country. You know, you don't want... I'll tell you a little thing. When I came to this country, I had to swear an oath that I'd never been involved in any communist or fascist organization that sought to undermine the U.S. Constitution. And that's not racist, that's just political, right? That's, mm-hmm. You want to come here, you have to accept American values and the Constitution. Just like when you go to someone's house, you accept their way of doing things. You don't impose your way on them. So if you believe in Sharia law, which is a central tenet of Islam, and that is dictated from Allah and commands everything about your life. It commands how you go to the bathroom, your marital affairs, your business affairs, your education, and your politics. And if you're an observant Muslim, your duty is to spread Sharia law everywhere you go to make it the law of the land, because this is God's law. This is Allah's law. So therefore, if you are Sharia-compliant Muslim, you are working in direct opposition to the U.S. Constitution. You're direct, you, are, you are promoting a totalitarian, top-down political system. So if you can't come here, if you're a communist, and you can't come here if you're a Nazi, why should you be allowed in this country if you're promoting Sharia, totalitarianism? That is, that is the guts of this. Nobody's complaining about are Buddhists coming to America because they're peaceful. Nobody's complaining about, um, you know, Hindus coming to America because they are peaceful. They're only complaining about Muslims because Muslims believe in a totalitarian political ideology and they believe they are obligated to force others at the point of the sword to follow their ideology. America's right to exclude communists. America's right to exclude Nazis. And I think America should be excluding Sharia-compliant Muslims for exactly the same reason. I can't, I can't argue with that. I mean, it's, it's not... It's about being forceful in forcing people into yeah. your way of thought. That's, the, that's well, the crux, isn't it? How many Muslim countries became Muslim because of missionary activity? I don't know of any. You name, you name one. Every Muslim country has been converted either at the point of the sword or through mass immigration. That's the two weapons of Islam. And they're applying that in America today and they're applying it in Europe in spades. And you are seeing the results of that in Europe right now, the chaos that has been caused over there all driven by the radical left in partnership with, with radical Islam. And CARE in America and the, uh, the several other Muslim Brotherhood fronts are all combinations of Muslim and Marxist activity. They're all what I call it the red-green axis, the alliance of Islam and communism. Both of them hate the West. Both of them are working together to drag every Western country into the mud so they can be taken over. There's a third leg to that, I think, from my perspective, and I want to see what you think about it. But they're also anti-Christian. I mean, they actively are trying to decimate and demonize anybody who's Christian. And that's, you know... It's just well, there's, there's, the there's, even a more, there's even a more sinister aspect to that. See, the left for a long time tried to destroy the church, and, and they are very anti-Christian, there's no doubt about that. But you have a whole bunch of pastors in, in America right now who are members of Democratic Socialists of America or the Communist Party USA. They're deliberately recruiting pastors. And my next movie project is going to be Enemies Within the Church, 
because what has happened over a hundred years ago the Marxists started infiltrating the mainstream churches in America the Episcopalians, the Lutherans um, Methodists, Baptists, etc. And, and they have succeeded to a very large degree. They have twisted American Christianity beyond recognition in many places. There's been a long war in the Catholic Church between the Marxist wing and the traditional wing. And now the Marxist wing is on top with the socialist Pope Francis. So that's two aspects of it. But in America, the evangelical churches have been pretty pure. They've been traditionally Christian and very active and, and as their name implies, evangelizing. In the last 10 years, under groups like the Gospel Coalition and Russell Moore of the uh, Southern Baptist Convention, all Marxists, all socialists, Tim Keller, Jim Hybels uh, of Willow Creek Church in, in, uh, in um, Chicago and Rick Warren out in California and others, they have brought Marxism into the evangelical churches big time. So now you've got the young evangelicals who once would have supported Israel and voted for Ronald Reagan are now supporting Palestine and Bernie Sanders. You've got a huge, huge infiltration of the American churches and the young pastors who will be leading the churches in a few years' time are heavily infiltrated by the Marxist left. And that's why they talk about social justice, they talk about Black Lives Matter, they talk about global warming, they talk about all these left-wing mantras rather than salvation or redemption or anything to do with the traditional biblical teachings. And, you know, the, let's talk about global warming for a hot second. My take on that is, you know, if we're the biggest problem with CO2, then the answer is to get rid of us, all right? So that's the ultimate goal, is population control, if you really want to be honest about it. But they're using all of this emotion, all of the decency that people have. They want to help each other. They want to be good people. And it's being used against us. And it's insidious. And it's kind of... Uh, it's Yeah, it's, we're, we're told we've got to save the planet. Yeah. Well, how do you save the planet? Well, you, you destroy American industry. Mm. You reduce the population. Um, you you uh, abandon farmland. You gather all of the remaining population into little cities mm -hmm. where they can be completely controlled, like a beehive. The, the whole global warming thing is a complete scam from start to finish. It is driven by the left and certain elements of big business who make money out of it. And it's all about control. It's nothing to do. As I said before, the issue is never the issue. The issue is always the revolution. It is all about destroying American industry, destroying American independence, and destroying American prosperity. So you're all living in a state of poverty in, little, in cities where you can be easily controlled. That's the socialist ideal society. So global warming is just is just one one aspect of this, and it harnesses the idealism of youth. You know, we all want to save the planet, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Every you know, young people all want to save the planet. We all want to be non-racist. We all want to be give people a fair go and be for justice and fairness. It's all a scam. It is using young people's good intentions to harness them for evil. It's as simple as that. How can people be more proactive and actually dig dig deeper? I mean, you're, you've mentioned a lot of politicians who are up for election or running, and they have a nice veneer of, you know, we love everybody, but underneath that, if they get in, it's going to be the absolute opposite. What do people need to look for, and how can they do their own due diligence? Well, look, I, I'm not trying to be self-promoting here, but the first step is go to enemieswithinmovie.com, enemieswithinmovie.com. My movie is 89 minutes long, and we detail a whole bunch of the far-left and pro-Muslim Brotherhood congressmen and senators that are serving right now, and we detail how they plan to take America down, how they plan to destroy your military, how they plan to... It goes into the mechanics of it, so enemieswithinmovie.com. I also have a, a book um, called um, 
enemies within, communists, socialists and progressives in the U.S. Congress. So that's enemies within, communists, socialists and progressives in the U.S. Congress. You can get that on Amazon and that'll give you all the background you need on this. I'm also working on another book, which I hope to have out in October, called The Rainbow Conspiracy, which is all about how the left are using identity politics. Um, They're going to reinvent Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Coalition of the 1980s. They're doing that right now to win elections all over the country in 2018 and 2020. And we need to understand that if the Republicans lose the House in 2018, which could happen, President Trump is impeached and the left is going to run Senator Kamala Harris from California and Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey in 2020, both of whom are Marxists, and they will win the presidency and they will have America from that point. So enemieswithinmovie.com um, or enemies within uh, the enemies within communist, socialists, and progressives in the U.S. Congress. You know, I I watched the movie, read the book. I want people to really listen to this and listen to Mr. Mr. Loudon. This is important information. It's not about sticking your head in the sand and hoping for the best or hoping someone's going to take care of you. We now are in a position where you have to make a choice. You have to be active. You have to go out and vote because if the system is you have one more shot basically if we lose this right if if the socialists take over as you said for the last half an i mean hour we're not coming back there will be a one-party system right it will be a one-party country yeah look look i i believe that you know but there is great rooms for optim room for optimism here because the the the, the left didn't expect president trump he caught them completely by surprise and he has undone a lot of their agenda. So if anybody believes that President Trump has been good for America, and we all accept his faults, we all, <laughs> none of us are blind to that. If anybody believes that he's been good for America, we have to get out and vote in 2018. We absolutely have to. Because there are, the, the Democrats uh, only have a mi- minority in, this, in the House by 23 seats. And if they take back those 23 seats, which is very possible, they will then impeach the president. They won't succeed, but they will destroy him. They will stop his agenda, and they are already planning. They have a good strategy for winning big in 2020 by using racial politics, by candidates like Stacey Abrams in your state, by um, using Kamala Harris and Cory Booker to motivate the black vote, the Latino vote, the Asian-American vote, the Muslim vote, um, and to win in 2020. And if they do that, they will then legalise every single illegal immigrant in the country. They will flood the country with more Muslim refugees from the Middle East. And American conservatives and Christians will be a very small minority and a very much persecuted minority in their own country from that point. I don't think there's anything else left to be said except, uh, Trevor, I hope you'll come back on the show because I... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Elena. It was an absolute pleasure and honor having you on, and I can't wait to read your new book. And for all of those listening, one more time, go to trevorloudon.com, go to enemieswithinmovie.com. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. And please... Come back as soon as you can. Thank you so much look, for coming look, on. I'll come back as soon as you invite me. Elena. Oh, Don't you worry. got it. You've got an open <laughs> great, invitation. Great, thank you. Great talking to you. Oh, it's a pleasure. And thank you for listening to Medicine on Call. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.